Welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. Give us 600 seconds and we'll give you the tools you need to improve your handicapping. It's great to have you all in with us today. My name is Joe Fortenball, and here's what we have in store for episode number 55. Episode Tim Lincecum, as they would say here in the Bay Area. Ed Fang is a data scientist with a PhD from Stanford who has joined the show before. He's going to swing by in a couple of minutes to join us for a strategy session on how to win your college football bowl pools. Thursday Night Football offers up a trash matchup between the Broncos and the Colts, but we'll close the show looking to find a way in which we could potentially make some money on that showdown. But we begin with a quick look ahead to the 2018 NFL season. NFL season win totals won't surface until late winter, early spring next year. But I want to tip you off to one team so that you've got it in the back of your mind before these numbers come out. And kind of so that you can say, Fortinball was on this first when you hear everyone talking about it next season. And that's going to be an overplay on Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. You can say what you want about me being perhaps overwhelmed by just two Jimmy Garoppolo starts, but the kid's the real deal. And it's not just the two starts we've watched that confirms that for me. It's every report out of New England about how this guy conducted himself, backing up Brady, working under Bill Belichick, and everything in between. It's Kyle Shanahan, it's John Lynch, it's the 49ers in general, and it's the fact that this team right now is 1-5 in in one-score games this season. One-score games is a great predictor of how a team will play the following season. For example, two years ago, the Eagles were awful in one-score games. Came back dominant this season, despite the loss of Carson Wentz. Same thing has happened in the past with teams like the Chargers. You can look around the NFL and find teams that are either great in one-score games or miserable in one-score games, and generally they tend to regress to the mean the following season. The Niners have been awful in one-score games this season. That is one of several reasons why I'm going to like them on the over next year with their win total. I'm hoping it's somewhere around 5, 5.5. I can see them going 8-8. Eight and eight. They're going to have a crossover with the NFC North, and that's great news because the Bear game and the Lion game are both going to be at home. Those are the games you would want at home because the Packers and the Vikings are going to be harder to beat. So play them on the road, lose those games, win the two at home between the Bears and the Lions. You're going to have the Giants at home, and you're going to have the Buccaneers on the road. It is a winnable schedule, at least as it pertains to six or more games. Six, maybe seven, maybe eight. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I want you to file it away in the back of your brain over in 2018 on the San Francisco 49ers win total. My man Ed Fang will join us in just a moment, but first, come see what's in store at the new Covers Pro Shop. We couldn't be more excited to announce that our online pro shop is now taking orders just in time for the holiday season. Visit CoversProShop.com to get in on some sweet Covers merchandise, from baseball tees and fitted hats to hoodies and more. Make a Pro Shop purchase and automatically get a promo code for a great covers offer over at coversproshop.com. It says here we should work in teams. Who wants to be my spotter? He's a data scientist with a PhD from Stanford. You can find him on Twitter at ThePowerRank and on the web at ThePowerRank.com. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. It contains an extraordinary amount of fascinating and useful information. Ed Fang making his return to the Sharp 600. What's up, Ed? How are you? I'm great, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well, and as always, I appreciate your time. Let's jump into today's bowl season bowl pool betting primer. Uh, For those who may be new to the concept of bowl pools, 
Can you lay out and discuss some of the different options and scoring systems that may be out there? Yeah, so the typical bull pool is picking uh, 39 games straight up, or if you're on ESPN, it's 41. They include this Grambling State-North Carolina A&T game, uh, as, well as, a, as well as the championship game. But uh, it's pretty easy. You just got to pick the winner in the game straight up in the most simple pool. Um, there are also other pools with confidence points, and there you not only have to pick the winner in each game, but you also have to assign how confident you are, 1 through 41. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit later, hope, hopefully, about how those are the types of pools you want to get in if you want to use the contrarian strategies um, that you can also use for March Madness pools. Beautiful. Okay, so let's start with this. Do you employ different strategies for different pools in terms of sizes? Big pools, which might have 100,000 people versus small pools, which could be just 20 people in your office. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with the small pools, I've found that you can just go chalk. Um, with uh, So you can look at how the public picks bowl games over the last four years, and I've gone through the Yahoo data, and you can see that the public is pretty insane in how they pick things. Case in point, 2015, uh, only 45% of people picked Tennessee to beat Northwestern in uh, the bowl game, even though Tennessee was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in the markets. Uh, Tennessee ended up winning that game by a large margin. So, and this is, this is really one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Joe. There's a lot of value in, in these bowl pools. Uh, it's obviously a lot of fun, you know, betting these games in the markets. But, you know, I, I hope that everyone could, would consider getting into these bowl pools because you're picking against grandma that it doesn't really follow college football that much. Um, and so with a small with a small pool, you can pick chalk. Uh, with a larger pool, probably 30 to 50 and maybe on up to 100, you need to think a little bit differently there. You need to think contrarian. Um, there's just more people that you have to beat, so you have to take some risks. Find these games that the public are picking at too high a rate and pick the opposite team, uh, who hopefully still has a pretty good win probability. Let's talk about confidence pools for a moment because those are my absolute favorite this time of, of year. For those who don't know, a confidence pool is essentially you're rating your picks based on how confident you are. If I believe the easiest pick on the board is Alabama over Clemson, I would give that a rating of, what, 41 for 41 points, correct? Right. Okay, and then the least confident game, say that would be Georgia over Oklahoma, I would rate that with a confidence of one and then fill in all the games in between. How do you approach handicapping these confidence pools? Yeah, so what I do is, you know, uh, at the power rank, I have a uh, prediction for each and every one of these games in terms of point spreads. And then for confidence pools, the easiest thing is just to sort the games by uh, the point spreads. So, for example, my largest point spread is Florida State over Southern Miss. Uh, huge mismatch in talent, and that's what I would assign 41. Uh, all the way down to the bottom, I think I have Wyoming as a .1 point favorite over uh, Central Michigan. And so that's the start of how I would fill in a confidence point pool. And then, you know, for the bigger pools, then I, that's when I start to think contrarian. That's when I start looking for games in which the public is, uh, you know, maybe picking the favorite too much. And then I want to go with the underdog in that game to give myself a chance to, to get ahead of other people in the pool. For you personally, how important is it to read and study early line movements? Some of these games are going to sit on the board for 30, 35 days or so. If you see a big move early on, first day it's on the board in early December, do you put extra weight on that? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think this is just like any other market movement, right? Uh, the Sharps are getting in there the first couple of days. You see what their opinion is, and you, you, know, you weight that opinion heavily. 
but also just with like any other market. I mean, that, it's not the gospel. It's not always going to be right. And so, um, you know, I, I also encourage everyone to, you know, form their own beliefs. And if the market is going the other way from where you believe, then, uh, you know, that can be a sign. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong. One thing I've learned is that when it comes to waiting, the most important criteria for bowl season, motivation is one of the most important factors. In some games, you just have teams that don't care about where they are. Uh, for example, some could make the case that because a team like Miami or Wisconsin or Ohio State just missed out on the college football playoff, that perhaps they wouldn't be as motivated to show up for their bowl game. Meanwhile, there could be teams that haven't appeared in a bowl game for five, six, seven years, and they have all the motivation in the world. How much do you factor in motivation when it comes to bowl pools and bowl games in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's something that you should consider. Um, I have no quantitative way of uh, evaluating motivation. So, I mean, I don't put too much stock into it. Um, I can remember a couple years ago, Ohio State played Clemson in a bowl game, and I thought they would be super motivated because they were coming off uh, probation. I thought it was the easiest spread of all the bowl games that year. They ended up losing to Clemson. Um, everyone thought that USC would have no motivation in the Las Vegas Bowl against uh, Fresno State. Um, I actually thought there was just too much of a mis- mismatch in talent in that game. I thought everyone was wrong about that, and, and I think USC ended up winning. They, so, they did. Um, I can confirm that. I was on the wrong side. <laughs> it's amazing how you remember the losers, but you might not remember exactly. the winners. I was all over Fresno in that game. That was in Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas right. when that game was played. Yep. I lost money firsthand on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, big favorites versus small favorites when it comes to pools. I know you've already touched on this, but for example, if you've got a team that's out there like Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic squad, you've got to get behind something like that. Like how often are you going to be picking against someone like that in a bowl pool where the spread means nothing? Yeah. I mean, I think never, honestly, that, okay. So this is a super interesting game. 22 points I think is insane. Uh, I know Florida Atlantic has been fantastic. Um, Akron is, Akron, they're not a particularly good football team, but Akron does get their quarterback back for this game. He was suspended for a while. Um, I, I, I'm sure. I've, I, I just think I, I think that's a game which is completely different if you're betting ATS in the market versus the bowl pool. In the bowl pool, you 100% pick Florida Atlantic, uh, especially with a point spread that big. I would actually rank it as my highest, most confident game by my numbers. But ATS, I think it's super interesting that the spread is that high. I bet we'll see. I bet we see that come down a little bit. Um, and uh, it's a completely different story there. If you're just looking at a single game against the spread, how much do you factor in coaching changes or potential coaching changes? Like the one we're about to see at UCF when Scott Frost leaves for Nebraska after the bowl game, how much do you factor that into your handicapping? Yeah, I think it's definitely something to consider. I put it under my subjective adjustments. Um, another per- other people have actually looked at my numbers to study coaching effects. And they compared, you know, the outcome of games where uh, you had an interim coach versus other games in which you had the regular coach. Really didn't find much of a difference uh, compared to my numbers. So, but, I mean, I certainly think there's situations in which you want to consider it. Um, Central Florida with Scott Frost, that's, that's really a game where you can just see him throwing the whole playbook in there against a very good Auburn defense. Um, maybe, maybe something you want to think about the over on that. Uh, especially particularly since they have a pretty explosive offense. So, again, just something I'd lump in with the subjective adjustment. Okay, let's throw a few of the bigger games at you. Let's start with semifinal number one, Alabama and Clemson. Any particular lean in this game? 
Yeah, I would definitely lean towards the Crimson Tide. Um, I've been high on them this preseason, and then I went through a while in which I thought I was a little bit lower than everyone else on them as they were uh, powering through their SEC schedule. And now I think the market is kind of going the other way uh, after the Auburn loss. So if you – I mean, I, I pretty much think this is the same Alabama program, same team that played – that played Clemson in the championship game last year, that closed as a six-point favorite. Um, I think we're at this now they're playing same quarterback, a lot of same program, and they're playing a Clemson team that doesn't have Deshaun Watson, and now they're a three-point favorite. So if you can just think of it in, in terms of that, um, that's kind of how I'm thinking this game. I, I mean, it's, it's definitely something I would lean towards Bama. Nothing I love ATS, but that's how I'm thinking about that game. What about Oklahoma and Georgia? Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma has the best offense in college football over the past five years. I think they're, they are so explosive with Baker Mayfield. It's going to be an incredible contest against a Georgia defense that has been, I mean, has been elite except for that Auburn game. Um, I still don't think uh, Oklahoma gets enough credit in markets. I would actually favor them outright in this game. And I think we need to remember that Georgia is playing a true freshman at quarterback. Of course, now a true freshman that has had an entire regular season. Uh, under his belt, but um, you know, in Jake Fromm, they they still have a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience, and and we'll see how he does under the big lights. So if it's Bama versus Oklahoma, and clearly we're so far away from this, we'll revisit it as we get to January. But if it is Bama and Oklahoma, who do you see emerging as the champ in that scenario? Yeah, I see. Uh, I I would see Oklahoma as probably a three or four point favorite in that game, and I and I think the Crimson Tide come out ahead. I have them about you know sitting here right now before the semifinal. I have them about. 36% to, to win the championship, uh, which is a lot less. I think I've projected over 50 the last two years as they've entered the playoffs. Before we let you go, I want to fire one more game at you that I have a sneaking suspicion you may like. Notre Dame and LSU. Any potential lean in that game? Yeah, so this is a game in which I definitely like uh, Notre Dame on the side. We have definitely – I'm actually really surprised LSU is a favorite. I think there's a lot of recency bias in there. Uh, I think this game would have – I think Notre Dame would have been – favorite if not by a lot uh as early as like three weeks ago notre dame ended the season um a little bit down with a couple of losses lsu is a program that frankly has surprised me i think they've done pretty well under coach ed ogeron that i wasn't particularly high on i'm still not high on ogeron uh i think notre dame is 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 definitely the team i would lean to ats there you can find them on Twitter at The Power Rank. You can find them at thepowerrank.com. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. A ton of fascinating information contained within. He's a data scientist with a PhD from Stanford. Ed Fang joining us here on the Sharp 600. Awesome stuff, Ed. Thank you so much for your time. Best of luck in bowl season and have a terrific holiday season. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. You too. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> I'm not sure what's more disgusting, my NFL picks from last weekend, which were hideous, or this Thursday night monstrosity they're going to try to force down our throat, featuring the 4-9 and nine Broncos at the 3-10 and 10 Indianapolis Colts. Denver currently a 2.5-point favorite with an over-under of 40.5. Let's try to figure this one out. We're doomed. Star Wars returns this week, so we figured we would pay homage. My producer, Cody, a huge fan of that series. I like it. I didn't know we need to bring it into the show today, Cody, but I digress. Broncos at Colts. 
Um, I hate this game. I hate the side and I hate the total. But if I've got to come up with something here, it's going to be a very small lean to the under. Denver scoring just 13.5 points per game on the road this season. The under 5-0 in Indianapolis's last five games overall. There's not a whole lot of analysis to back this one up, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend you run to your bookie and make a play here, especially with the way we've been trending. Last 14 Thursday games were 9-5 against the spread, but we've missed on each of our last two, including New Orleans last week. So just a very small lean to the under 40 and a half Denver at Indianapolis boys and girls that's a wrap for episode number 55 thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today we greatly appreciate it if you get the opportunity to subscribe rate and review on iTunes that would mean the world as well we're back later in the week with college football bowl picks as well as NFL picks but for now be well and best of luck oh and may the force be with you